Well, we want to welcome you to the Heights Baptist Church podcast. Every week we record these episodes to have a conversation about faith, the culture, and the church. This week, uh, I'm joined by our uh, pastor of student ministries, Jonathan McMeans. And uh, I'm excited about this conversation, Jonathan, because um, I am a parent of a kid who's going to be in student ministry pretty soon. Okay. Um, and so I've got lots of questions as a, as a parent of, of kids and, and a parent of a soon-to-be teenager. Um, I'm really looking forward to kind of picking your brain a little bit about um, kind of things I should be watching out for, things I can be aware of. Yeah. So what, what kinds of challenges are, are, are the kids facing today? What do I need to be ready for as the parent of a preteen that's going to be a teenager soon? Yeah, well, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast today. And I, I think that a lot of times um, what I've encountered over several years in student ministry is students desire really to be individuals. Right. There's this this concept called expressive individualism, um, and that's something that is uh, every student, whether they like it or not, whether they would say that it impacts them or not. Uh, it's something that impacts almost all of them, you know, and uh, this is something that's so much more than just uh, my baby that was a blonde yesterday came home today with a green mohawk. Um, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. It's, it's finding, uh, their identity and, and oftentimes, uh, trying to find that identity through a variety of different means, uh, sometimes in healthy ways and sometimes in ways that we would think were pretty, pretty unhealthy. Where are they looking in order to get their, their identity? Where, what kind of places are that? Do we need to kind of steer them around or what do we need to be aware gotcha. of? Uh, I, w- I would say that identity honestly starts in the home. Um, when you're dealing with individualism, uh, that, that's uh, a term that we use, but, but really the identity of, of a child most frequently uh, begins with the way that their parents and siblings are around them on a regular basis and what kind of messages are put into their lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not just that, there are a, a large number of uh, different revenues, different different venues that really pour into your kid. And uh, it could be anything from social media um, to a celebrity on their favorite TV show to peers when they're at school or even at church at times. And there are so many different voices calling out to your teenager, hey, uh, this is the right way, follow me. And it's our job as pastors and, and as parents also, uh, really especially as parents, to help guide our kids uh, in the direction and say, hey, um, we have an identity that is in Christ. Um, and our identity says that we walk according to scripture and according to God's truth. And all of the other voices saying, follow me, they might not all be bad voices, but let's listen to those voices in light of what scripture is, is leading us and directing us and guiding us, um, in our home. So interesting. So, um, so one of the things, uh, that, that I'm hearing you talk about it is social media. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard some, um, psychologists and, and, you know, parenting experts basically kind of caution against kids being on social media. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, as far as like teenagers, 
social media, access to the internet, those, those kinds of things as parents, what do we need to be, what do we need to be thinking about? Well, um, I, I would say that, that there is a line that needs to be walked, first of all. Um, I, I don't think that the internet is uh, just the epitome of darkness. I think that there's a lot of value, uh, even to the kingdom of God, that can be found on the internet. Even on Twitter? Even on Twitter, you know? Um, and I also think that there is a, um, there is great value in being able to express yourself online. Um, and to be able to respond to other people's expressions of themselves online as well. Um, so unfortunately, what I find, uh, having done student ministry now for over a decade, man, I'm old. Um, but having done student ministry for so many years is about the time that a kid reaches eighth grade, uh, sometimes a little before, a little after that, the parents kind of give up on filtering and mm. caring uh, what really is pouring into their child. And it doesn't take uh, that long. Sometimes within a year, maybe two, uh, the parent is really concerned about the identity of their child and wondering why all this negative uh, influence has been taking over their child. And as the parent, you gave them unfiltered access to the internet and said, go, be wise, be an adult. And the students already think they're adults, so they're gonna take it. They're gonna take all the freedom that you give them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think a lot of times there is way too early of an age, parents just release, not on all things. I mean, surely those kids are not uh, driving around town and just being uh, little heathens all over town. Some of them, some of them, yes. But, <laughs> but for the most part, parents have strict standards when it comes to the way that, that uh, kids are when they're physically in the room. But often those same parents don't have any knowledge or desire to have knowledge over what's happening in the digital room mm, that's in the same room at the same time. Um, and so what I would suggest, I'm not somebody that's anti-social media for students. Um, I never have been. Um, but man, know what your kid is looking at. Mm -hmm. Be involved in all of the aspects of their life the same way that you should care what the psychology teacher or the social studies teacher is pouring into your kid. You should also kind of care what the internet or the TV show is pouring into your kid or their peers are pouring into your kid. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that oftentimes that's where the ball gets dropped is when they're out of the room, they're kind of out of sight, out of mind. And when they're out of the room, they're still being impacted. Mm -hmm. They're still, they're still listening to all of those voices. Follow me. This is the direction. Follow me. And I, I think that that's, that's crucial. So, so, I would say, allow your student. Uh, I would say if it's comfortable in your household, um, allow your student to be online and to express themselves online, but don't let them have hidden accounts. Mm -hmm. Be smarter than them because you are smarter than them. Right. And know what they're looking at, know what they're, what they're watching, you know? Like maybe they've been spending all day binge watching Netflix what are they watching? Yeah. And if you see the show and you're like, I have no idea what that is, 
look it up. <laughs> like do, do a five minute research project on what it is that's influencing the life of your kid. And then don't just stop at that. And, and, and by all means, don't come at it uh, super accusing. Like, I can't believe you watched that show, but come at it from the perspective uh, instead of, um, Hey, I saw on our Netflix that you were watching this show. Uh, let's talk about some of those themes mm-hmm. that and are use in it that as a teachable and use it as a teachable moment. That's Absolutely. interesting. One of the things that I think about is, um, I mean, we're, we're pretty careful in our house about, you know, we don't want devices going into bedrooms. We oh, want yeah. things that are connected to the internet to be in common spaces. But then again, um, so then my kid goes to a friend's house. Oh yeah. You know, well, the internet access that he's going to be, uh, able, able to access there is no longer under my control. Right. So while I'm wanting to put some guardrails around his use of the internet, his use of social media, I also want to be helping him understand some principles. Absolutely. Um, where, so that if he goes to a friend's house and there's, you know, stuff that if he's exposed to stuff or if he's, if, if there's, if they're going somewhere online where, where I don't want him to be, he should know that I don't want him to be there and he should know why, you know, so that at least, you know, in his own integrity, it's not just, Oh, I finally get off the reservation and I can do whatever I want. It's like, no, no, no. There's a reason why dad wants me to be careful online. And so I think as, as a parent, we don't want to just put up a fence, but we also want to help our, our kids understand why the fence is there, why the guardrails are there. Absolutely. Uh, the example that I think of in scripture, uh, dealing with, with guard, guardrails when the culture uh, is being incredibly loose, is Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Daniel was in a situation where uh, they had access to all the food they wanted. And it was great food and, and really all of these different uh, lifestyles that were contradictory to what they had learned at home. But Daniel had a solid foundation that was laid. And he said, you know what? There is value in what I had learned previous. There is value to what I learned from home. And I'm not going to be somebody that is going to be controlled um, by the, the whims of the culture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand on principle and on value. And, and history shows us Daniel probably was not very old at the point that he was making some of those early decisions in the book of Daniel. And so when it comes to teenagers, especially it's, it's different when you're dealing with children's ministry and you're dealing with, with, uh, young, young children. But by the time your child is in junior high and high school, they have already had some sort of a foundation that has been laid and they're going to, at times, uh, buck the system. Uh, they're going to encounter failure and struggle. They're going to sin. And in, in the same way, I mean, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time and so have you. And we're sitting up here pastors at a church and we still struggle with sin. Yeah. And so we, we, we know that our teenagers uh, that are in our church and in our home are going to encounter some of those hardships and those struggles. And, and they're real. It's, it's our job as parents and as pastors to come in and help guide them through that in a way that is, um, that is as loving and caring rather than identity shifting. Um, the concept is, uh, that of shame, you know, mm-hmm. growing up in my, 
generation, it wasn't uncommon for the parent figure to yell, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Right. Or say I came in and, uh, or let's use a different example and not pick on my parents, but let's say that, uh, your random teenager, uh, came in and just told the biggest fish story. And it's obvious that they were lying. It's really tempting as a parent to kind of point the finger at them and say, you are a liar. Mm -hmm. And what you've done is you have given them an identity. And I find it interesting in scripture in the new Testament, 300 times is the word sinner. And out of all of those 300 times, there are only three times that it's debated even whether or not that could be referring to Christians. All of the other times it was talking about people that were outside of Christ. Hmm. And so when we're looking at that, at that concept over and over and over and over again, they were given a new identity. They were now in Christ. They were people uh, that were in Christ that, that continued to sin instead of somebody whose identity was that of a sinner. Mm -hmm. But when we give our child that shame, we're saying, hey, uh, you are in Christ, but you are also, your identity is that of a liar. Instead of you are somebody that is in Christ that is currently struggling with the sin of lying. And so I, I know that that might be uh, nitpicking just a little bit, but we need to be really uh, confident about how we direct our students um, in that uh, accusational identity building uh, language, right? We, we don't need to be uh, going through life saying, and your identity is this, and your identity is this, and your identity is this. No, you have one identity. And when you're in Christ, that identity is I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be, I am a sinner anymore. It's, it's something that Christ took. You know, that, that's so important because um, the gospel is about um, our sin being covered. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Our sin being taken, uh, taken upon the cross by Jesus. Jesus takes our, skin, our sin and he gives us his righteousness. Right. Um, but sometimes it can be hard to remember that when you're at the end of the rope with your teenager or even your, you know, your preteen in, in oh, my absolutely. case. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think that's important to always remember, like we need to always be about the gospel when we're parenting. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I'm thinking back to myself, like it, it's really important. There's a difference between saying, why are you being a bully to your younger sibling and saying, what you're doing right now is not the gospel. Right. You know, I want to always be reinforcing the fact that my kids are new in Christ. Right. Um, even when they're having a really bad day, even when I'm having a really bad day. Right. But I guess maybe that's kind of my question is some of us as parents, like we just get, we go to a point where it's like, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know this don't know what to say anymore. You know, they're off doing who knows what, looking at who knows what on the internet. They're, 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 they've got this bizarre friend group that I don't understand. They're into all these trends that I don't understand. They're my, my, you know, perfect little angel. None of mine are perfect angels, but you know, this hypothetical kid that was such a good kid that memorized all these Bible verses in VBS. Now they're a teenager and I'm sitting here saying like, what? What, how do I get through, how do I get through to this kid? Like, how do I reinforce that identity when like I'm at the end of my rope as a parent? 
Well, I would say one thing to avoid, and it's something that I've heard, you know, even, uh, even from, from parents that, that might be listening to this, and it's this concept of having to choose your battles. And um, I, I do believe that, that youth are going to come to a, a season where they struggle and they fail and they sin and they, they go with these temptations. And it's very easy, easy, simple parenting is for us to say, you know what, I'm just going to choose my battles and I'm not going to go there. Hmm. And let me just say, when, when we're supposed to be uh, guiding our family and, and helping assist them in their walk with Christ, it's important to choose that battle. That is a battle that you choose. When your student is struggling with their identity in Christ, uh, when your student is struggling with uh, a, a sin that just keeps rearing its ugly head, like what battle are you waiting for? Hmm. You know, like, like this is the one that you choose. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to deal with an identity crisis at age 11 or 12 than it is to deal with an identity crisis at 18, 19 or 20, mm-hmm. you know, because they're going to continue to reinforce uh, the same values that they're constantly um, opposing you with. Hmm. And it's, it's going to become more and more and more obvious as they get older in the student ministry and even when they go to college. And then there's going to be other voices that, that paint you as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And at the point that they're young, when they're 11 or 12 years old or even younger, you can, you can have these conversations about, hey, that's, that's not the way that we act. Hmm. That's not who we are. And here's why, you know? Um, I, I think it's also very important uh, that, that we as um, leaders of our households, um, that we be saturated in the word of God, hmm. that we know it. How, how can we expect our students, our, our teenagers to walk according to truth when we don't even know it, mm-hmm. you know, like, so as, as leaders of our households, we have to be the ones that are kind of leading the way. We need to be the ones that, that are, are, are so saturated with scripture that when we have a bad day, we can continual, continually preach that gospel to ourselves as well. And it's going to rub off on the kids. And then if, if I can have a bad day and not react the same way the world does, hmm. then when my child has a bad day, then I can go in and have a conversation that's a little bit, um, a little bit different and, and comes across a little bit less uh, hypocritical, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, you know, especially when the, when the student watches you blow up and then they blow up and you say, hey, don't blow up. That's not Christ-like. They're going to be like, yeah. Yeah, you're one to talk, right? You're one to talk about that. Um, but I, I think when it comes down to it, we as, as parents um, and also we as pastors, when it comes to, to shepherding and loving our families, uh, we have to be the front line uh, yeah. when it comes to, to scripture and to, to saturating our homes with that as well. And it'll make a big difference. It really will. So it's almost like, when we're in that situation where we feel like I'm at the end of my rope, I don't know what to do with my teenager. 
one of the things we probably need to do is we need to look at ourselves absolutely and say have i been modeling the kind of behavior that i want to see from my from my teenager um i want them to find their identity in christ right. am i finding my identity in christ am I, and am i modeling that um for my kids absolutely and talking about expressive individualism there is not a better way to express who you are um, as a parent uh, than to be genuine in your walk with God. Hmm. Um, and I, I believe that that's a huge part of this, um, of this walk that we have in this brief time that we have with our students where we can impact them. Um, but I, I heard it put this way, and I've, I've talked to parents about this at times as well. Um, you know, when you're dealing with your teenager, um, you can see a lot of the fruit that's coming out of their life. Mm-hmm. And the Bible in Galatians says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against those, there is no law. And when we're looking at uh, the life of our teenagers, um, so many times we can very quickly notice the works of the flesh in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how are we uh, cultivating or gardening the fruit of the spirit in their life as well? Oh, interesting. Okay. And it's, it's this, this concept of, of parental garden, gardening where I can take situations that are going on and, and I should be striving for the works that are coming out of my life and my habits and my nature and my character to be pouring into these students, um, these, these characteristics. I want them to, to know how the Bible interprets what love is. I want them using the word of God to understand what it's like to be truly joyful, to have, to have true joy, right? To be a person um, that is patient, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that, that one way to think of it as pastors and as, as parents is really that we're gardeners. Mm-hmm. We're constantly uh, working in the lives of these people and, and hoping and praying that, uh, that this would be the fruit that comes out of their life. This would be uh, truly the identity that came out of them with that they would be in Christ and that would truly be their identity. Um, now, unfortunately, over the years, I've seen students that I would have never guessed that have walked away from the faith. And I have also seen students that um, I thought there wasn't a chance that they would end up in church <laughs> that ended up being incredible young men and women for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm no expert on knowing uh, the full picture. Um, but what I have seen is, is there is a, a reason. There is a reason why students choose to stay when they're challenged with that crisis of belief. Um, and oftentimes there's a reason why they left as well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I know what, as a, as a parent, who's also, um, a pastor, who's also in ministry. One of the things that I, I constantly fear is that, you know, I'm going to say or do something you know, that's hurtful to my kid. That's going to cause them to want to turn their back on, on the church or on turn their, turn their back on the faith. Right. Um, and I, I mean, that's, that really is, that's like a, that's like a, a fear that kind of 
is, is, is with me all the time. And I would right. imagine now your, your little one is only six months old. That's right. And so, uh, has she done the, has she done the Mohawk yet? Has she done the green Mohawk yet? No, you know, Adelaide is, is still a few months away from the green Mohawk, but, <laughs> um, I would imagine, I would imagine that that's, that's, man, I hope not, but that, that could be coming. That could be coming. You know, but, but, but I think I would imagine that any, any parent who walks with the Lord worries, you know, yes. that, that, that they want to raise kids that, 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 that are, that are walking with the Lord. They want to raise right. kids who find their identity in Christ. And so one of the things that is reassuring to me is to just remember that uh, we're a gospel people. You know, right. the, the gospel is about Jesus taking our sin and giving us his righteousness, which means when we fail, when we mess up, one of the things that we model is, you know, that gospel reconciliation. Right. And, and, and you know, and um, my, my wife is really good. That's like when my wife blows up at the kids, when she has a bad day, right. she's really good at pulling the kids in and apologizing and asking for forgiveness. And this is what the gospel is. And this right. is why, you know, we forgive each other because Christ has forgiven us. And so good. I try, I try and do that same thing when I've got little ones that are, you know, in fisticuffs over a toy or something, yeah. I try and pull them together and say, listen, we're going to forgive each other. And the reason we forgive each other is because Jesus forgave us. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's really important for us to model what it means to follow Christ and Absolutely. to be in the word and to, um, and to be gospel people and find our identity in Christ. But part of that is admitting when we're wrong, apologizing when we need to, asking forgiveness when, when we need to. Absolutely. And that's something that we, and so that means that there is grace, even if we blow it as parents in the same way that our kids are going to blow it from time yeah. to time. You know, hopefully when we blow it as parents, we can come to our kids genuinely and say, look, I'm sorry. You know, I overreacted. I raised my voice. I didn't think carefully about what I was saying. Right. You know, and I, and I think those are just important things for us to remember because just like our teenagers are are going to disappoint us at some point. We as parents are also going to disappoint our kids. Right. And so when that happens, not if, but when that happens, we, um, we remember the gospel and we Absolutely. remember what it means that Jesus stood in our place and was perfect for us. Absolutely. Um, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, there's a couple of resources, uh, that I was thinking about. Um, that would be beneficial for parents as well. Uh, the first one, there's this group that is called AXIS, uh, A-X-I-S, and they have a newsletter that comes out once a week that's called the Culture Translator, and it's completely free. And they'll look at uh, the current culture that your students are very likely aware of what's happening, and they write it to parents. Uh, so that you can have a better understanding of the culture from a Christian perspective of what it is that's going on. Uh, and then another one that's kind of similar to it, um, there's this, uh, this child psychologist, his name is Walt Mueller, and uh, he has a podcast that is the best kind of podcast because it is one minute long, and it's every day. And it's, it's the, the Teen Culture Minute with Walt Mueller. And uh, every day he, for one minute, talks about one specific topic. Mm -hmm. um, it's really short and quick. 
um, but it really could be beneficial uh, for you trying to understand uh, some of the, the voices that are reaching out and pouring into your kids as they're dealing with this expressive individualism and as they're walking through this life journey as well. Awesome. Jonathan, this has been so helpful. I know um, for myself as a parent, like this has been a really helpful uh, conversation right. uh, for us to have. We want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Heights Baptist Church podcast. Uh, if you poke around on our YouTube channel, you can find other podcast episodes. You can find past sermons, past live streams. We'd love to invite you to be a part of worship in person on Sunday mornings at our Alvin campus at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We also live stream those services to both Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you can get notified about all of our new content. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>